It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Pre. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, TJ Peterson and Alex Lopez. And joining us today, you know him better as Down Goes Brown, Sean McIndoe of The Athletic and Puck Soup Podcast. Sean, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for inviting me. So, Sean, you, uh, we wanted to bring you on as a, as a nice little off-season episode because you happen to be the connoisseur of the, uh, of the funnier moments of the NHL, we'll say. And the Panthers have been a wellspring of, of said events. Uh, so we just wanted to talk about a couple of those with you. But uh, to get started, I want to know like, from you, what is, what is your favorite WTF moment of the Florida Panthers in your time covering the NHL? Uh, my favorite Florida Panthers moment, and you guys will have to help me with the season, but I want to say like post lockout that completely bizarre. I don't know if it was like a game intro or season intro (laughs) package they did with Ole Jokinen going around and like collecting all the members of the Florida Panthers, uh, where he's, you know, and there's like, uh, you know, there's there, like he gets out of the limo and there's smoke and there's like, I think it's supposed to be a Panther, but I'm pretty sure it's just a dog. And he <laughs> just goes and like solemnly nods at all of these various Panthers who, uh, most of whom nod and then like follow him. And then there's like Ed Belfour who just like stares at him. Um, but, and it's just this total collection of like Florida Panthers. That's all you have to say. Like, you know, there's, you know, all these guys where you're like, oh yeah, that guy was a Panther for sure. Uh, And it's just, it's both incredibly cheaply made and yet has far more sincerity and effort in it than, than 90% of what the NHL does with its marketing. So I, there's a part (laughs) of me that respects it. And there's a part of me that just laughs hysterically at it, but it's, I did it as one of my YouTube breakdowns way back when. I remember. Uh, And it's just, uh, it's, it's a classic. It was, it's, it's something I, I, I go back and revisit every couple of years. It is the post-lockout year because you mentioned Ed Belfour, and he spent one year as a Panther. It was the year right after Luongo was traded, so it was right after the lockout. Or maybe in one year. I think the Panthers got one year of Luongo post-lockout, then traded him. And 
I mean, everything about that video is amazing. Like, cause like they changed the animation on it. So Ole Jokinen looked like an alien the entire time. And then yeah. just the nods, these very stiff nods. And, and then you get, it's like Nathan Horton, like gets up from like a table of girls and like goes and joins. That's right. It's, yeah. It's just One the of most... them's at like the table full of girls. There's like, like, I feel like Steven Weiss is involved somehow. It's gotta be. Just, just the thing they like, I, I'm not, I'm not knocking the guy, but it's, it's hard to make Ole Jokinen look weird because he was already a weird looking guy. Like he was always had that like gigantic baby vibe. And, yeah. but like, this yeah. is like, they, they did not do him any favors in this, this whole deal. And I, was he like, was he the captain or something? Like, why did he? Oh, okay, yeah, so he that's why. And, and, you know, just the, the premise too. Like, I just love the implication that, you know, that's how a season starts in the NHL. Like the captain has to go and find everyone at the various Just bars and pool halls and, and like knowingly nod at them to remind them that they are professional hockey players and they're supposed to be uh, off at their job. Uh, it, yeah, it was that it was just so fantastic. I mean, that was uh, that that was almost enough to make me forgive the franchise for completely destroying uh, the game and the NHL with the 96 team I, I i'm almost there i'm working my way through it i mean honestly after- big fan of todd bertuzzi at the piano in this uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> that's right yes oh my six Lord. games i mean todd i can't bertuzzi imagine era. i this is a panthers podcast so I, I i hope nobody listening to this doesn't know what we're referring to but if if you happen to not be i always one of my favorite parts of of my my job or my you know my presence in the online world is bringing up stuff like this and people going like i have no idea what you're talking about and then you get like clap your hands and go like oh you get to experience it for the first time this is going to be so fun and you send them off to like you know go google mark messier gary coleman you know let me be there when you do it so this is like right up there with that i i hope somebody out there will hear this and get to see it for the first time oh man the slow-mo walk at the end (laughs) To, to, to be to be fair sean Without this, I don't think we ever get the one the Lightning did when they uh, when they came back for the bubble playoffs and eventually won the cup, which was way better because it was essentially yeah. the same thing, but they were all on jet skis. Yes, and it so, was way better, but that made it like way worse. Not as good, right? Like yeah, it's not. Right. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like I, it, I got it. Like the Panthers one is so much more entertaining than the uh, than the Lightning one. Yeah, that was a not going to lie. I had seen uh, I had seen this commercial before or this intro before it had been a very long time since I had seen it. And I've seen the picture of Ole Jokinen's CGI face floating (laughs) around. I had forgotten that that picture was from that intro and assumed that it was like his player photo from like NHL 2012 or something. Mm -hmm. You want to know? It's not. You want to know what's fun about that video, Sean? Everything. They played that video before every game that season. That was like really? my senior year of high school. And oh, I just, wow. So I went to like hey, every see, game and they see, always played that video. When I did it for, uh, for the grab bag, I didn't like, I didn't know exactly what it was or the history. Like I, I just assumed it would be like, I'm, I'm, I'm from Ottawa up here. So like uh, the Ottawa senators version of that is the, the gladiator who came out and gave like the speech mm-hmm. before the playoff, but they did that once. And then they like put that guy in a rocket and shot him into the moon. Like there was no, they never brought it back. I love that they committed to it for a full season. That, that makes me like it even more. Yeah. They played it on the Jumbotron before every game that season. Uh, 
segueing on just to stay on that season I want to show you another video that wasn't as viral I don't know if you probably don't remember much of that season just like the entire lost era of the Panthers they sucked the entire year went on a really late run to try and take a playoffs you know run for the eighth seed and then just never got there but I want to show you how the Panthers season ended that year and it involves uh, Ed Belfort, which you already mentioned. We're going to get your live reaction. I know, I know it's going to be good already. And sorry for you guys listening. You're not going to be able to see it, but I'll, we'll put, post the video so you can watch by the, it. By anyway. the way, this video title, for those of you who are not seeing it, is Eddie the Eagle Takes Flight. And it's just fantastic. That's just fantastic title. All right, Sean, here we go. Great quality. Great. Yes, classic uh... 2007 quality. All right. I'm seeing there's a penalty has been committed. I think that was, was that Eric Stahl going yep. down. Ed Belfour is not. <laughs> I have seen this. <laughs> I have seen this. Yeah. Ed Belfour doing the swim dive across the ice to indicate uh, that he disagrees respectfully yeah. with the call uh, on the ice. That is, that is fantastic. Yeah. Eric Stahl, now a Florida Panther, just, you know, the perfect typical uh, dive that he is known for. And Ed Belfort, just like, he's like, he just shows the ref. So now obviously the Panthers get the two. Ed Belfort gets a two. Uh, Carolina scores like five seconds into the five on three. I think it was Eric Stahl that might have gotten the goal to end the game, to win the game and end the Panther season because the Panthers had to like win that game in at all and then like win their last two when they would have made the playoffs but not picking up this point ended the panther season and i don't wow. know if i've ever seen a fan base more angry just because carolina had been a thorn in the panther side for so many years and they would be for another five years but like people were throwing things on the ice but just now, were they mad at were they mad at Belfour? were they mad no. at Belfour at all no. like okay because everyone was mad at the rest everyone yeah. was mad at the rest because it was just a like, shocking yeah. twist of fate in which panthers fans did not blatantly blame their goalie for something <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah I, I, the, the panthers and the refs have a long long history trochek got tripped but yeah it's it was just a great moment and i'm glad you we got to share it with you and, and god get bless eddie Belfour. he was so like my my whole like Ed Belfour relationship was like yeah, growing up as a Leafs fan. Of course, he starts off with the Blackhawks, so that's the Norris Division rivalry. And you know they faced him in the playoffs a couple times. And I remember one time they scored a goal in overtime uh, in a playoff game, a one nothing win, where he just flipped out after the goal went in, and nobody could figure out what his problem was. He's chasing the refs around, he's screaming and yelling. And then, like, only on like the ninth replay, you realize that Wendell Clark reaches over with his stick and taps the top of Belfour's goal stick, which causes the bottom of the stick to lift up. The puck goes through the five hole and that's how the Leafs want to win it over. And he flips out and, you know, goes after the refs and everything. And then he shows up in Toronto and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be fun. And he was great <laughs> in Toronto. And then he goes off to Florida and, and, you know, has all his adventures there. Oh man. What a great, uh, what a great character. Do you know the Ed Belfour fire? Uh, was it? No, it's not a fire extinguisher. It was a, a fire truck. The, the, do you know the Ed Belfour fire truck story? No, I don't think so. Is this the one that got him arrested where he offered yes. the, the bra? Okay, yes. All right. So we all, we all, I know don't the, think I know this story. We all know the know $1 why. billion dollar story, but I didn't know the, the, uh, what led to the arrest. Yeah. So Ed Belfour and Billy Peltman got hammered drunk one night and 
I, I they did something with a I don't want to say exactly what because I can't remember, but like they either urinated on a fire truck or they like took a like a stick and were like hitting the fire truck and sure. all of a sudden they're getting arrested and just like I don't know how El Bidfor played that season. One, he was ancient, and two, he, from all reports, he was just drunk all the time. And yep. somehow he made it through that season. Old school, man. That I'm is, gonna guess uh, that that's why uh, Ed Belfort was so upset with Ole Oakman taking him away from that table. That's right. Yeah. Oh geez. Uh, just because we're on the topic of Ed Belfort, do you got a good Ed, Ed Belfort story for us? Oh boy. Um, oh yeah, I guess you already I, gave us. One, I mean, so. yeah, it was it was that that overtime game was was so fun. And then the the other thing is, you know, after the game they were interviewing him, and he was just like. He was in like pro wrestler mode and he's so, you know, Ed Belfort, like he, he had his most of his best seasons down in the States, but he was Canadian, right? He was a Manitoba boy. And like the, the full on Canadian just came out and he had like the, the kind of like almost like early nineties, like Jerry curl. Like he looked like Bret Hart just sitting there, exp- like doing a promo explaining why the foundation just lost the tag team titles. It, you know, it was so, <laughs> it was so great. Like he was, uh, he, he was just one of those guys that you just watch and you're like, this this dude is the best and this was before he even like really you know we we're watching that guy going ah, man this this guy this is as entertaining as this guy's gonna get and we didn't know he had uh, a whole bunch of whole bag of other new tricks ready to come out in the next decade or so and bringing it back to pro wrestling and bringing it back to today when i was watching listening to that matthew kachuk introductory press conference where you know he, he talks about you know, wanting to play in Florida and how now he hates Tampa more than he hates Edmonton. I was definitely thinking of pro wrestling as well. And hopefully he can be that new figure in Florida. That is just like the pantomime villain. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's trying, I'll, I'll give him credit, man. Like there's not a lot of guys in the NHL that even try on that stuff. And, you know, he's playing with it a little bit and uh, it, you guys are going to love him. Like, I don't, you know, oh, yeah. I know everyone's got opinions on the trade and everything, but uh, it, you guys are, uh, even if the trade doesn't maybe work out as well as you like, I really think you guys are going to enjoy the Matthew Kachuk era. Yeah, I'm very excited for eight years of the Kachuk brothers being in the same division. Honestly, yep, yeah, no, that's uh, that's going to be something. And uh, uh, honestly, I mean, you guys got how can I put this? You got the more polished Kachuk brother, let's yeah. just say. And I'll yeah. tell you, my favorite thing with the with the with the Kachuk brothers is. Hey, you probably see it. I'm like, but if you find like an old photo of Keith Kachuk in his playing days with the boys and it's like, you know, it'll be like, you know, blues winger Keith Kachuk brought his, his youngsters to practice and, you know, they wanted yep. to meet some, and it's just him with like, I don't know, like four-year-old Matthew and two-year-old Brady. They both look exactly the same. Like I really expect, like, especially Brady, Brady's commitment to looking exactly the same for his entire life is impressive. <laughs> Hair and, and all, know, yeah. It's it's, it's it's he's the same dude. Like there's no, uh, he's he's just larger. That's the only thing that's changed about him. And uh, and you know Matthew's pretty much the same way. And you know the the temperament. I don't think has probably changed too much since they were toddlers either. And that that's part of what makes them a lot of fun. I've now got a mental image of Brady Kachuk getting a haircut, like at the same place he got his first haircut, hair haircut, and sitting on a little uh, fire truck with a guy. And, yeah. and some clowns on his bib as, as he gets his haircut by the same 80 year old dude, same haircut, the bowl, whatever. For 20 years, yeah, 100. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I don't know what, like, 
I, you know, we're not trying to have a theme here, but we're like 20 minutes in and we've already got like two guys who were like adult babies. We've got the uh, Ole Okunin and uh, Brady Kachuk. So I'm, I'm curious to see, I'm excited to see where this goes next. Well, uh, I want to stick with that era of Panthers hockey and just talk about Todd Bertuzzi and the Luongo trade. Were you covering hockey back then? Because I know that was a while ago. Or were you? Still no, I, I didn't. I started uh, my blog in 2008. So it would have been just, I think, before that time. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah, this was like 06 or 06 or yeah. 07. But yeah, I mean, Panthers going from, I, I remember Steve Goldstein literally ending the prior season like, you know, at, you know, the Panthers have their you know salute to the fan moment. And he goes to Luongo, and Luongo he will be back next season. And then right Oops. at the draft, they trade Luongo, bring in Todd Bertuzzi, who you know after the Steve Moore incident, so he was already a shell of himself. Mm-hmm. They make a big deal about Todd Bertuzzi. Six games, they got six games out of Todd Ooh. Bertuzzi. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that 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 was it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> but that was i think that was that was your karmic payback for getting the pavel Bure era that was like you 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 realized that the hockey gods realized that they given they didn't mean to give you two 60 goal seasons and they're like all right we got to hit them with like a after the fact yeah 60 uh, goal seasons charge. when nobody else on the team had 60 points yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, i mean again that's definitely before your time but obviously and obviously i mean you remember but you weren't covering hockey then, but like the Panthers, they trade for Pavel Burry. They give up a ton to get him, you know, uh, Ed Jovanovsky, a bunch of a first round pick and some other former first round picks. It was a big deal. Brett Hedekin and they get Pavel Burry who Jesus lights the world Christ. on fiber, but then the owner runs out of money after getting Pavel Burry and can't sign anyone else. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> that's generally not something you want to hear in pro sports is that the owner has, has run out of money. That's yeah, that tends to be an issue. I will never forgive this. The 2001 Florida Panthers, Pavel Bure, 59 goals, 92 points. Second place on the team in points, Victor Kozlov with 37. Oh my lord. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's Victor... Yeah. Wow. Oh, goodness. Vic... And just for more what the Bleep Panthers moments, Victor Kozlov traded for the pick that eventually became, anyone know? Vanilla Cavalier. Really? Mm, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They traded yeah that was that weird, pick. like, yeah, the, the swap picks and all that. Yeah. 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 They tra- Well, they, no, they traded a first for, the, we'll get to the swap picks for Panthers, but okay, they traded yeah. a first for, for Victor Kozlov. I think it was like to San Jose and then San Jose sent the pick to, Tampa, because this was the era where first round picks were traded like candy. Yeah. And yeah, that pick ended up winning the lotto and Vinny LeCavalier, instead of being a Panther, was went to Tampa and just, you know, made the Panthers life hell for a decade plus. Oh, man. But like, what is the feeling with the rivalry there with the Lightning? And, and like, maybe like, what was it two years ago when you guys had never played in the playoffs and what is it now? Because like, I'm here, I'm a Leafs fan, but I'm here in Ottawa and not really anymore, but back in that stretch when the Leafs were beating the senators in the playoffs, every like the little brother syndrome among oh, yeah. senators fans. Oh, was it's just massive. It was mad. And it, and it be like to the point where it, it became bad. Like, I mean, it, it, it kind of goes from like, yeah, understandable, and then it even becomes a little bit of an identity, like, you know, you know, they'll, oh, they're all against us. And, you know, but then you realize that like little brother is never actually going to beat 
big brother and it just kind of feels sad and depressing. Like, is it that vibe for Florida? Or are you guys still in the, uh, like, no, little brother's down in the gym, uh, you know, the, <laughs> doing bench presses and he's going to, he's still going to get this done. I got to say two seasons in a row of being eliminated by Tampa. It's starting to feel that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, year, was, oh, this year was so bad. Like was I, I was brutal. Back, you, oh. you guys probably, I was pumping the Panthers tires so hard as like the bandwagon team that everybody should get behind. If you didn't have a team in the playoffs, the Panthers were your team. And man, to have the best season that you've ever had and then run into the rival and not even make a dent in them. That sucked, man. That had to be that. Yeah. I mean, they did make several dents in them, if you remember how Tampa players kept (laughs) going to the dressing room. No, that is true. Yeah, yeah. Poor metaphor. Uh, (laughs) They did make dents. Two years in a row where the Panthers probably should have advanced. I mean, two years ago, they got to six games, even though since they were down to a two, it never really felt like a series. And then this year, they just get swept and look lost the entire time. Just... Yeah, it, it, it's definitely falling into the uh, are we ever going to beat Big Brother situation, which is kind of interesting just because in the first you know five to seven years of both organizations' life, the Panthers were the Big Brother. Like, they beat the shit out of Tampa every time okay. they played. And then, you know, Le Cavalier, Marty St. Louis, and all them came around and just the roles completely flipped. And it's been Tampa the Big Brother ever since. And uh, – we're all waiting for it to end, and I just don't know if it will. I mean, yeah, little brother's in the gym, but big brother's just sitting there being like, oh, that's yep. cute. You're in the gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to stay on the draft, even though we kind of talked about Tampa a bit. Ovi, what do you think, Sean? <laughs> oh, the, the – uh, now – okay, so refresh my memory this on this. My 2003, story. did they – try to draft Ovechkin like or they like did. did they they actually did they call his name like yes how wow okay so this is because you know because it's funny because we we just talked about Pavel Bure and of course that's how the Panthers got or sorry that's how the Canucks got Pavel Bure was that you know people look back and they go how the hell was Pavel Bure like a fifth or sixth round pick or whatever it was it was because most of the NHL didn't think he was eligible that year and the Panthers or sorry again the Canucks did some sort of detective work and figured out that he was eligible and they drafted him. People freaked out, but the NHL ultimately allowed it. And that's how, how Pavel Bure went to Vancouver. And so the Panthers a decade later, my, you guys told me the story, but my understanding, they, they basically try the same thing, but wasn't it something ridiculous? Like they tried to count the leap years. That's exactly like, what yeah, it was. Yeah. Yes. Cause Ovechkin's like yeah. two days past the cutoff, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it was like three or, September yeah, it was like two or three years. Yeah. And they, they tried to, uh, to argue that because of leap years that he was actually eligible. Uh, God bless him. You know what? Uh, Worth it in hindsight. Yeah, exactly. If, if there was a one in a thousand chance that that was going to work, I give him credit, man. That was like Rick Dudley. Just he had balls on him and now he's oh, back yeah. with the Panthers. I didn't know that part of the story that he did it every pick because not, you know, not know I, I don't know Gary Bettman, but knowing of Gary Bettman, that he doesn't like being embarrassed, and that would really tick him off. Uh, and so again, but you know, another round of applause for me. I mean, they're 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 covering all the bases there. Yeah, and then, and just and just so you know, because uh, you were talking about all the pick swaps earlier, Jay Bomeister, the Panthers literally moved down and then gave up assets to Columbus to not take Jay Bomeister because they wanted to save a little bit of money because our owner was broke. 
that's how bad the dark ages were for the Florida Panthers. It's good times, man. That's excellent. <laughs> but yeah, it's just dark ages of the Panthers, and that's why we wanted to have some fun with you today. I know we got to get out of here soon, so I'm going to rapid fire a couple things. All right. This is probably too old for you because I don't know how old you are, Sean, but do you remember I'm old. Stu Barnes for Chris Wells? I remember Stu Barnes, but what was what was Stu Barnes for Chris Wells? Stu Barnes for Chris Wells. Well, I guess because you talked about the, the 97 team. Stu yeah. Barnes was like not the star, but he was like that offensive player that just kept everything going on that team. Oh, and yeah, then that, that offensive dynamo of the uh, yeah. 96 Panthers. What did he have like seven goals that year? That he was <laughs> It might have been like 17, but he yeah. was like he was the offensive guy on that team that like that people didn't realize they needed. And then like a year and a half later, Brian Murray says, yeah, we don't need uh, Stu Barnes anymore. Trades him for. Chris Wells, because he's bigger and stronger. And then literally the Panthers just nosedive from there. And as, as you know, Stu Barnes goes on and has like a 20 year NHL career playing into his forties. And it's just, and that's like the trade that old, older hot Panthers fans, not that we're that old as a fan base. It's like, that was the decline of the early years of the Panthers. And I just thought you'd uh, have some thoughts on that, but uh, yeah, that's a, no, I don't, I don't remember that one, but uh, yeah. Good old Brian Murray, man. That's yeah. You guys, I'll tell you this, man. You you, you weren't always the most well-run organization, but man, you had some personalities. No. <laughs> you had some like, you know, Brian Murray and Bill Tory and Keenan, yeah. But was Bobby Bobby Clark was there for at some point, wasn't he? Bobby Clark was the original GM of the team. I mean, you can't ask for a better cast of front office characters uh, and and coaches, I guess. But uh, oh man, I I even forgot about the Mike Keenan era. That's fantastic. Do you remember oh, this about, the Mike, about era? the Mike Keenan era? No, he's nobody so, would. He started out as the coach, got fired, and then like six months later got b- brought back as the GM. Yeah, that that was, I mean, at post-Rangers, that was pretty much the Mike Keenan story. He starts off as, as the coach and then knifes the GM as quickly as possible. That's, yeah, that's about right. Right, but he got knifed and then got himself back. It's it's yeah. so bizarre. He just did the Undertaker sit up and came right back in. That's, yeah. good, That's good for exactly. him, man. Good for him. Last couple things because I know we got to get out of here, and this is something I know you know about. Colton Orr. Yes. What do you think, Sean? Yes, you the the Colton Orr goalie interference. You you mentioned this to me off the air, and I got like so excited because, <laughs> uh, you know, as a Leafs fan, I remember this play, but to, like I believe that. The significance of this play uh, is this is the Matt Duchesne offside of goaltender interference review. I really believe, you know, it didn't happen. It didn't get a ton of attention. It didn't happen in the playoffs or anything like that, but it was such a ridiculous call. I mean, look, I'm a Leafs fan and I'm, I'm, I'm a homer. I don't mind saying that I'm watching the games. You know, I see everything through leaf colored glasses but Cold North just runs over. Was it Luongo? No, it was Clevinson. Cle- okay. Just absolutely trucks him. And, and you know, the, the most blatant interference that you'll ever see. A few seconds go by and the Leafs shoot the puck in the empty net. The goal ends up counting. And I said to this day, that was the one where that was for the first time I heard people go, maybe shouldn't we be reviewing these things? Which if people read my stuff, no. I, anytime somebody says, maybe we should review just to get it right, it's going to be a disaster. And sure enough... <laughs> Everybody hates goalie interference. And I, to this day, that is the play that I think caused it. Cause it was just so, if you like, 
you know, it was like the Matt Duchesne thing that being offside by 10 feet, you show that in a room full of GMs and say, surely we should review this. And they go, yeah, of course we got to, you know, we should have checked that. And then next thing you know, we're like reviewing every third goal for some, you know, minor chintzy little uh, interference call. But yeah, I, I blame, you know, I blame Scott Clemens. I'm not going to blame Colton or because Colton or would, you know, could obliterate me with one, angry look so i'll I'll, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll blame the panthers for this one somehow yeah but noodles has got a few screw looses i don't think that's a guy you want to mess with either well yeah, there is that too yeah uh my, my favorite thing about that play is do you remember who got credited with that goal sean oh no i don't was it did or get it yes because it went off his yes. leg after oh he hit awesome Clemenson. awesome <laughs> Yeah, and the only replay of it that still exists is like the Sports Center, whoever broadcasts Toronto games, and I and I can I can clearly hear the the play by play announcer going, "The Panthers are really upset about this one. Let's I, I don't yeah. know if they really have an argument here." And then they're showing the replay of Colton Ward just barreling over Clemenson, <laughs> and the guy just goes, "Do they ever? Yeah. <laughs> like, when do you see the other team's announcers just go, oh my god, this is yeah. such a bad call.'" Yeah, that's that's fine. That was probably Joe Bowen, and he would do that from time to time. He would like, you know, just once he knew the call was safe in the bank, he he didn't mind saying that it was uh, that the Leafs had lucked in. That's uh, yeah, that's funny. I I still to this day, that's the call that I blame for all of the the nightmare of of replay review we've been subjected to. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't want to say it was the reason because we all know it was Sidney Crosby. But I always say that David, the David Booth, Mike Richards hit was what was what prompted, you know, head checks to be taken out of hockey because mm-hmm. that just ended Booth's career. And then obviously we didn't really care until it happened to Crosby from I think it was Sean Avery a few months later. But that season was just like guy after guy, devastating concussion yeah. and was finally like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't allow this anymore. Oh, that was such a rough era for the NHL. <sighs> God, this has been fun. I mean, anyway, Panthers- shout out to the 2013 14 Florida Panthers. Keep in mind, this is not the lockout shortened season, uh, where the leading scorer was Nick Bukestad with 38 I was gonna points. I'm going to bring this up. Jeez. 38 points in 76 games. I, yeah, I, I don't, uh, can't believe that team didn't go on a long run. That's, uh, that's <laughs> wild. It was longer than anybody should have had to endure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it's why every time like people take shots at the Florida Panthers fan base and why there's so the few people at the games, I'm like, do you realize what we've had to put up with for 20 plus years? Just like the mm-hmm. embarrassing shit that has happened where it's either self-inflicted or just circumstances or it's like, hey, you know, Ovi's mom goes into labor a few days earlier and you have Ovechkin on the <laughs> roster instead of Nathan Horton or the lockout yep. doesn't happen and they come out with crazy rules where instead of you know, the worst team in the NHL at that time was the Panthers getting the best chances of at getting Crosby. They have the worst chances because we've decided you can't have lottery balls. Yeah, if you have, because, if you because they rigged, because they rigged the, the, everybody says they rigged the lottery. They didn't rig the lottery. They rigged the odds for the lottery. So that it coincidentally ended up being the Rangers and the Penguins at the best odds. And yeah, Florida was one of the teams that got screwed. Oh yeah, for sure. I commend you guys, man. This is, this is why I, uh, uh, this is why I'm 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 always pushing the Panthers, and I will continue to right up until they face the Leafs in the playoffs, and then I disavow <laughs> everything I said, and I will be uh, I'll be trashing the entire organization. I'll burn it to the ground. The tricky part about that, Sean, being that uh, both the Panthers and the Leafs 
would probably have to make it to the second round for that to happen. Well, I don't, you know, but that's, that's unlikely, but first round, I mean, Hey, congratulations on your seven game victory. It'll be a big Thank thrill. You. And you guys can, uh, <laughs> it'll be good. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we see a two, three matchup this season. Who knows? I, I know we got to get you out of here, Sean. We're way over time, but really quick, I want to ask you just to bring it to the present. How do you see the Atlantic playing out this year? Uh, you know what? I, in theory, it's the big three, Toronto, Tampa, Florida. Um, and, and, you know, of, of it, it doesn't matter who finishes where in that group because, you know, we just said for both Florida and Toronto, it's about what you do in the playoffs. And Tampa, we've, we've seen, is very happy to just slide it in third and then wreck everyone once the playoffs start i was one of those i was i was getting pretty close to not writing off the bruins but you know putting a real solid yeah, tear break um but then with them bringing back bergeron and Krejci and doing it cheap and you know the way they did it kicking the salary to next year so that you know making it very clear that hey this is this is the last dance right here um you know i i i'm now thinking I, i'm a little more worried about the bruins than i was before and and then i'm I'm not convinced. I know certainly here in Ottawa, there's a lot of optimism. I know Detroit has loaded up a bit. Um, I'm not convinced that there's a new playoff team emerging in this division yeah. quite yet. Not it wouldn't yet. stun me, wouldn't shock me. But I, I think both of those, uh, certainly Ottawa and Detroit, the, the the gap is very big. Unless Boston or one of the, the big three were to really fall and open the door for them, I, I don't quite see it. Maybe maybe they get both the wild cards in, in the Atlantic and, and they get in that way. But I'm not I, I think we're a year away from having to worry about those teams as much as we will uh, in, in not too long from now. Don't say that too loudly. Senators fans might come for your head because clearly the Sens are better than the Panthers now. Oh, this, uh, trust me, Senator. There's there every Senators fan who wants my head is already is already. You know what? That's fair. You're a Leaf fan. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I've got. I'm not worried about losing any Senator fan friends. Uh, let's just say. Yeah, we we've seen some wild takes this offseason that the Senators have more offensive depth than the Panthers. That the Senators have a better defense than the Panthers. And I mean, maybe you have a different opinion, Sean. But I'm just sitting there looking at the rosters, going, what? I I saw one that said that the senators, and, and I believe it said might, but it was like in a discussion. It was like whose top six would you rather? Have? Yes, I was about to. Was and about it was Toronto that. or or Ottawa. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> like, guys, look. I mean, you can talk the goaltending, you you know the blue, like anything. Like this Leafs team is only a top six. If you've got them beat in the top six, you have a better team than the Leafs do because that's all that they are. Uh, and yet they were still. Man, I they love Alex to bring it right up until they're gonna have to sign that contract, and then we'll, we'll see. if he wants to stay. Yeah. If he wants to stay, yep. I, I wouldn't even go as far as the top six. Like the Leafs have Austin Matthews. Do the Senators have Austin Matthews? Yeah, they there you not. go. That's, I, how many Senators do you need before you've got? Yeah, it, well, exactly. You know, the, <laughs> I I see these people who are like, yeah, the the Suns have a better have better forwards, better centers than the Panthers. And I'm like, your first line center is Josh Norris. We have yeah. Sasha Markov. Like, sit down. Hey, you know, Josh what? Norris, God, fine player, but, you know. God, God bless the, the offseason, and God bless fans of teams that have been bad for a long time, getting a little drunk on the optimism. Uh, that's that's part of what keeps us going. And I say that, you know, I'm a Leafs fan. I've had, I've been a fan of a lot more bad teams than good teams, and you just got to, sometimes you got to talk yourself into something to, to keep from, uh, turn and hit the off button on the remote permanently that rings very true sean for us 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You're on a Panthers podcast, Sean. We know all yep. about uh, completely unwarranted offseason I'm hope. Preaching hard to the choir right now. Yeah, uh, Sean, this was a lot of fun. I know we went way over time, so we're sorry about that. But thank you so much. Is there anything you want to plug before we get you out of here? No, it just uh, you know, find me on the Athletic. Uh, if if you subscribe, you can find all my stuff there. If you don't subscribe. Think about getting in. It's uh, I, I believe we still have a uh, an offer of a dollar a month. I if you like sport, if you even are vaguely familiar with sports, I promise you will <laughs> get a dollar a month value out of that subscription. Because you you for that dollar, you don't just get me, you don't just get hockey, you get everything we have. Um, you I, I will I will send you a dollar. I'll send you a shiny Canadian loony in the mail if you really feel like you're not getting your money's worth. And you also get my podcast with Ian Mendez. And you guys also mentioned Puck Soup, my other show, uh, which uh, you can get uh, for free during the week. And, and we also have a Patreon if, if you wanted uh, even more of hearing my uh, weirdly Canadian voice. Yeah, I mean, just, just to plug your stuff even more, your off-season things where you come up with games where you have to make teams with all these weird rules. That allows me to kill so much time at work. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, that's, that's worth a dollar alone. Nobody wants to work, right? Like, no. I mean, it's, it's a dollar a month, but you're going to steal – hundreds or thousands of dollars of productivity from your company so i mean it's it's the best investment you can the wage theft that the athletic allows you to exactly exactly it's you it's it's easily going to come out in your favor my old company used to block espn all the time until the managing partner would get mad and then i'm like i'm fine i got the athletic but yeah we really got to get you out of here sean thank you so much for your time uh this was awesome for TJ Peterson and Jacob Langsam. I'm Alex Lopez. Uh, rate us five stars on theathletic.com. Right on, guys. Thank you very much. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.